Boy, it's good to be in here with you all today. TJ is away, and it was his idea that I come in here and, and have this relationship with you, and I appreciated that offer. John's doing uh, 8.30 and, and uh, 11 o'clock in the sanctuary, and uh, man, I, sh- I had skinny jeans and a graph t-shirt I meant to wear today. <laughs> But you couldn't handle it. Let me just, <laughs> let me just say, did y'all uh, get an extra hour of sleep last night? Man, I hadn't felt this good since my first bottle of five-hour energy. First and last, I might say. Um, so, TJ told me I looked. I actually uh, looked online and saw where y'all were last week. He was finishing up chapter twelve in Romans. And chapter 13 in Romans, believe it or not, is the perfect passage for the Sunday before Election Day. This coming Sunday is Election Day. And this is a hard word. If, if you don't think this is a hard word, then you don't listen to it. I mean, if everything you read in, in the Bible makes you feel happy and comfortable, then you're missing something. Because there's some difficult, difficult things that it has to say to us. And this is one of them. And if you have problem with authority... If you don't like people telling you what to do, if you don't like our government, if you don't like your school teacher, if you don't like your parents, this word is for you, and it's going to be hard. And I have tried to find some wiggle room in it, some some ways to squeeze it out, and it's not there. It's not there. So let's take a look at it. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. I'm reading Romans 13, verse 1, picking up where TJ left off last week. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Can you believe that? There is no authority except which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers do not hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you wrong. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. You like that? For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. What do you think about that? It's hard. It's tough if you, if you believe it and if you apply what it has to say. Let's ask God to, to unveil it for us. Bow with me. So God, as we come today to think about this passage, we just ask that you would help us take it and apply it and understand it and not try to rationalize it away or, or explain it away or squeeze something out of it that's not there, to find some wiggle room, some leeway where we can continue living the way we live, complaining about those in authority over us the way we complain. Um, God, help us be responsible citizens of this country, of this community, of our families, 
and in our church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So how many of you can honestly say you're smarter than the person you work for? Raise your hand. Some of you are raising your hands. I, some of you on staff here at church are raising your hands. <laughs> Put it down right now. Um, the Bible says that authority, those in authority, God has placed there for a reason, to teach you something. God is not, that's basically what this passage is saying. Let me just summarize it. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of chaos. And in order to maintain order, there has to be a society. There has to be governing authorities. There have to be people over you. And you may not like it, but God is going to be teaching you something through it. So don't buck it. Don't try to, try to thwart the authority that God has placed over you because he's going to teach you something through it. How many of you look at the speed limit that's posted on the highways and on the expressway and think it's more like a speed suggestion? And you go just a little bit faster, just a little bit faster, not to get caught. Now, it's true I have a radar detector in my car, but I've got a reason for it. You know, I figure these guys are sitting on the side of the road with their radar detectors, and they're so lonely and so bored, and I just like to know where they are just to, you know, give them a friendly wave of encouragement <laughs> when I'm passing by. That's the sole purpose. How many of you, how many of you fudge on your income taxes? And, I, you know, I don't mean, Sam, legitimate deductions. Legitimate deductions are fine, but now if you take that deduction and you, and you make up some stuff and you know it's not true, you know it's a lie, and you put it in there anyway, you are rebelling against authority. And it's very clear here. Pay taxes to whom taxes are due. That's what it says. They can't get around it. You know, I hear folks complaining about our government in Washington, and I get emails every day from folks that don't like what's going on. I don't like this. I don't like the government. I don't like the president. I don't like Congress. I don't like this and that. Guess what? God put them there. They're our authority over us, and our job is to support them and pray for them, even when we don't like it, even when we don't understand it. God put them there. They are his instruments of authority over us. That's hard, isn't it? That's hard. That's what this passage is saying. You know, and it's easy to find folks who have trouble with authority. Um, you know, I walk out in the parking lot all the time, and I see a car that's just, here the line's striped in the parking lot, and this car's parked just about a few feet to the right. You know, I know those lines are there, but those lines don't mean anything to me, so I'm going to park anywhere I want to. That's just basically problem with authority. You know, I know that rule says don't walk on the grass, but I think it's a stupid rule, and it doesn't apply to me, so I'm going to walk on the grass. Or, or uh, I know that sign says do not touch the wet paint, but they can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do it anyway. I've got my fingerprint all over wet paint in this church. Just because, you know, people who have trouble with authority, just the little things that are rules that you think somebody who's stupid put that rule there, and it doesn't apply. It may apply to everybody else, but it doesn't apply to me. We've raised a whole generation of, of young people, a, a lot of folks who just have trouble with authority. They don't respect authority. And if someone tells them to do something, they're going to buck it. They're going to say, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't apply to me. And it, I, I don't think I need to because it's not a rule that I need to observe. I, I'm, 
I don't, I don't like it, so I'm not going to do it. The problem is, and I think what Paul is trying to focus on us here, is, is that so often we look at the what of a rule. It's a stupid rule. It's a stupid boss. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to show them how stupid it is. We, we focus on the what, and God's telling us here, don't focus on the what, focus on the who. What's the who? And the who is the authority that God has placed over us, whether we like it or not, and how, and how well we respond to that authority. The Bible says, actually, we're responding to God because that authority is representative of him. Now, I know you're sitting here saying, thinking, you're already thinking about ways, you know, that you can worm your way out of this. It's not possible. Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. Paul doesn't know the environment that I live in. Paul doesn't know my government. He's writing, you know, a letter 2,000 years ago, and he doesn't understand the difficulty that I'm having, you know, in my particular situation, my environment, my home, my school, um, the government. Well, let me tell you something. Let, let me give you the setting that Paul is writing this letter to Rome. Paul's writing this letter to Rome in about the A.D. 60s. You know who's Caesar in Rome in A.D. 60? A guy named Nero. Nero is the emperor. And, and my first image of Nero, I saw in a cartoon, he's standing on a balcony, he has, he's kind of chubby, he has a white toga on and some fig leaves around his, hat, his head, and he's playing the violin while Rome burns. You remember, have you seen that cartoon? You know, just a typical vision of Nero. Let me tell you, Nero was even worse. Than, incidentally, he did set fire to Rome and he blamed the Christians so he could persecute them. Nero was even worse than that. Nero was the kind of guy who, uh, in his leisure, he liked to walk through his gardens beside his palace. And you know, you know how he lighted his gardens? He covered Christians with pitch and set them on fire and put them on stakes so he could have light as he walked through his garden. That's the kind of man that Nero was. That's the kind of government that Paul is writing to. And these Christians are saying, you do not understand what I'm living in. You don't understand how evil this government is. Paul says, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And believe it or not, that government has been placed there by God as authority over you because he's going to be learning and he's going to be teaching you something. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. You didn't hear that? Paul repeats it. The authorities that exist have been established by whom? By God. By God. Unbelievable. God is working through authorities to accomplish something in you. The first thing he's doing is he's maintaining order. And, and there, were Jewish, there were Jews in, uh, in Rome who were creating revolution and rebellion. And there were Christians who were creating revolution and rebellion. And Paul's saying, no, stop it. Rome is the authority over you. Obey them. Listen to them. Even if you don't like it, your, your subjection to the authority in Rome is like subjection to God. And God is teaching you something in this hierarchy of authority that he has established over you. If you resist authority, you're resisting God. Focus not on the what of what you don't like. Focus on the who of who's saying it and the authority they have over you. And if Paul doesn't make it clear in the Romans, he repeats it again. Let me see. Titus 3.1. 
I've got it marked or I would have never found it. First and Second Timothy, Titus 3, 1. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show, show true humility toward all men. Colossians 1, 16. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. All things were created by God. He has created these authorities to rule over us. And it sounds crazy. And not only does God work through authority, but he even works through pagan and unjust authority. Think about Rome. I mean, there was no more pagan government than Rome in that day. And yet, here is Paul saying, God is working through that pagan government to accomplish my purposes on earth. Sounds crazy. I mean, when you look at it, God allowed Roman soldiers to, to take his son and strap him to a cross and put nails through it and hang him up. And if you think God couldn't have stopped that, you remember Peter came and he took a sword and he was going to cut off the slave of the high priest to cut off his ear. And uh, he did. And Jesus said, what? He said, stop, because all this is to happen that God's purposes might be accomplished. God is working. You might not see it, you might not understand it, but, but Jesus' arrest and his death, his crucifixion, are all part of God's plan to bring salvation to mankind. Jesus could have stopped it with a wave of his hand and slain all the Roman soldiers and created a revolution that would have turned the world upside down, but God's purposes would not have been accomplished in that. The Jews were in bondage in Egypt, and, and Pharaoh had authority over them as, as slaves when they were there. And they might not have understood why, he was, why God was doing, what was happening while we were in Egypt for 400 years in bondage, and God saying, I'm using Pharaoh to create a nation. I'm using Pharaoh to create my people, and I'm going to lead them through the, out of bondage, and I'm going to lead them to the promised land. But all this is happening part of God's plan, and you just don't see it right now because you're in the middle of it, and you're hurting, and you don't understand why those in authority are doing what they're doing to you. But God's teaching you. You know, we learn some things when life is easy, but we really learn things when life is hard. We learn a lot more, a lot more quickly when things are tough. So God has established the government. He's established the line of authority in your office. He's established the line of authority in your school, in your home. And our job is to respect it and submit to it and learn from it. Because he goes on to say in verse 2 that rebellion, those who rebel against authority are rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. If you rebel against authority, you're bringing judgment on yourself. You have no one else to blame but yourself. So even when you're right, even when you think you're, even when you think you're doing something good, Paul says there's judgment. You think, my boss is Satan. No, your boss, God is working through your boss to accomplish his purposes. You just don't happen to see it right now. You think it's crazy. And that's why we pay taxes. 
verses, verse uh, 6 in chapter 13. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. This is why we pay taxes, because the authorities are God's servants. No, they're the IRS agents. Well, Paul says, no, they're God's servants. Quit looking at the what and start looking at the who. The who is God. The who is God working in you and through you to accomplish something. Whatever you're hired to do, do it. If you're hired to give respect, give it. If you are hired to do a job, do it to the best of your ability as unto the Lord. Even if you think it's crazy, a lot of times we're given a job and we don't like it and we know it's going to fail. And what do we do? We undermine it. We, uh, we, we, we torpedo it. We make it fail. And then we can look at our boss and say, see, I told you it wasn't going to work. Or even when we do our best and it still fails, we still want to give, I told you so. Paul says, no. Your boss, your teacher, your parent, those in authority over you have been put there for a reason. So submit to them because that's God's order. So the next time someone asks you to do something and they're in authority over you, what should you do? You should do it. You should do it. And see that as God perhaps working through that person, making something happen in you that you don't see at the time, but one day you can get out and you can look back and you can understand it even better. Um, when I was growing up, um, I had a lot of odd jobs in the summer. One summer I was selling fuller brush. You know what fuller, you remember fuller brush? It's kind of like Avon, but it was brushes. And uh, I actually went door-to-door knocking on doors. The next summer, I sold cable television in DeKalb County when cable television first came to the Decatur area. Y'all remember when cable television first came? No. Um, I remember I had some doors say, why would I want to buy cable TV when I got three channels for free with my rabbit ears? And, I, you know, that's a good argument. Um, but I, all, the, all the while, I'm going door-to-door, and I'm knocking on doors. And, I, you know, I knock on about... I don't know, 50, 75 doors a day. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, why am I doing this? What am I learning from this? And I didn't know when I was like a junior in high school or a senior in high school that one day I'd be a pastor and I'd be going out knocking on doors of prospects. I'd be going out making visits. I'd be going out on the, on, uh, in neighborhoods doing, you know, making cold calls, just talking about Jesus and inviting people to church. I didn't know when I was a junior in high school that God was teaching me something that I was going to learn one day and use. But that's, that's what he does. He uses our past, and he uses those things when we submit to help shape us into the person that he wants us to become. And he's going to use that in his way, in his time. And you might not see it at the time, and you might not like it, and you might think, this is a stupid job, and I, I hate every bit of it. But he's using, he doesn't waste a lesson. God doesn't waste a lesson. And uh, if it's a hard lesson, he's really going to use it well. Because Christian growth, I believe, is a process. And so God is developing in you today what he wants to use in you tomorrow. He's developing in you today what he wants to use in you tomorrow. So the most important for you, most important thing for you to do is to do things the way your boss wants them done. Respond well to the authority that God has placed over you. In school, your teacher might be giving you busy work. Guess what? You need to do it. You need to do it to the best of your ability. When you're at home and your parents 
tell you you need to do something, what should you do? You need to do it because your parents are in positions of authority that God has placed over you. I remember um, in eighth grade, um, I'd gotten a sled for Christmas, and I grew up in Decatur, and it never snowed. We we never had freezing rain, but I got a sled. I guess my father got a deal on it or something. I never got to use it, but one one night, it, it got cold, and it rained, and our street, I lived on a hill, and our street got some ice on it. And uh, some guys came, knocked on my door, lived up the street. Wayne, get your sled. Come on out. The, the streets are icy. We can go down the street on our sleds. And I said, Mom, Dad, I'm getting my sled, and I'm going down the street. And they said, Wayne, we don't think you ought to do that. You know, the streets haven't iced up yet, and it could be dangerous. I said, oh, what do y'all know? So I get my sled, and I go outside, and I set it down on my street, and I back up, and I get a running start, and I dive on it and go for about three feet and hit a patch that doesn't have any ice, and I go over the front of the sled and break my front tooth out. My parents weren't so dumb after all. And God put my parents there to give me some wisdom. If I would have heeded, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble. And that's what God does, guys. God uses parents who've lived a little bit longer than we, who have a little more wisdom than we think we have, and are are trying to help us. Steer us out of trouble and steer us into safety and wisdom and knowledge. And that's what God does. Listen, I've learned this the hard way. When God tells us to do something, it's not because he's being mean. It's not because he's being arbitrary or capricious. He's saying, he's saying don't do that because I know that's going to hurt you. Do this instead. I know that will bless you. And so we come to a fork in the road, and we've got a decision. Do I really think God loves me, and I'm going I'm to believe him because he has my best interest at heart? Or am I going to do what I want to do, what the world says is fun and safe? Am I going to be the Lord of my life, or am I going to let God be the Lord of my life and guide me and, and protect me? Am I gonna tr- do I just trust him to save me, or am I going to trust him to be my Lord and do what he wants me to do? Because when God tells you to do something, it's because he loves you and not because he's trying to be mean. He's trying to protect you from what will hurt you and lead you into the places that will bless you. He does it every time. So when someone gives you a job to do, do it with all your might. In my last last church, my first church, um, my very first deacon's meeting, I'd been there about a month, and I noticed how they still folded the bulletins. Where are y'all's bulletins? Just kidding. (laughs) They folded the bulletins by hand. Um, They had a secretary who took about two or three bulletins at a time, and she folded them and then took a magic marker and made a a sharp crease on them. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, don't y'all know that they're automatic paper folders that can save you a ton of time? Don't you know that? And so I did my homework, and I found a paper folder that cost $800, and I figured that uh, a secretary, we were paying a secretary $8 an hour at the time. It's a lot of money in the 80s. And uh, I figured it took about three hours to fold the bulletin, so $8 an hour, we were paying her $24 every week to fold paper. And about 30 to 35 weeks, an $800 paper folder would pay for itself. You know, I'm doing all the, all the figures. So I go to deacon's meeting, my very first deacon's meeting. You know, I'm, the honeymoon is still going. Things are good. Everybody still loves me, as far as I knew. 
Um, and, and so I have this great motion. I like to make a motion that we, well, I couldn't make, I'd like to suggest that we buy a paper folder, $800. I have all the information. It'll save us in about, it'll pay for itself in a little over half a year. And then, you know, our secretary will be free to, a deacon raises his hand and says, why do we want to spend $800 on a paper folder? That's what secretaries are for. And they made a motion and, and defeated my idea to buy a paper folder, unanimously. And I went home, and I told Susan, I said, that's a dumb bunch of deacons. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I, I literally remember sleeping fitfully that night. I mean, it was a restless night of sleep, and I was, I was wrestling with that, and I just, you know, I just couldn't figure out the logic. You know, why would you not want to save money in the long run? And I read this passage, and, and even though I serve God, you know that the deacons are in authority over me, and things happen that I don't like, and I just have to say, well, I'm, I'm learning something from this, and even though I don't realize what it is at the time, maybe God's just teaching me patience. Maybe he's teaching me humility. Maybe he's, you know, he's teaching me to, to listen and respect even when I don't understand so I've learned if you mess with a system that God has placed an authority over you, you're in trouble, even when you're dead right, even when you're right. And so if you submit to authority and listen to it, you'll do well. But if you don't and you rebel, then there's judgment. I remember, um, got a lot of stories. I went to Nicaragua on a mission team a couple years ago. And I asked the missionary, because I wanted to be the best mission team that had ever come to Nicaragua. And we had some youth with us. And uh, I asked the missionary, I said, what distinguishes a good team from a bad team? I want to be the best team that's ever come to help you. And he said, I don't think anybody ever asked him that question before. And he said, you know, a good team for me is a team that listens to what I say and does it. I said, what do you mean? He said, well... Take, for example, about a month ago, he said, I had a team, and we were on a hill going up to a village by foot. We were walking, going up this hill, and, and there was a flash rainstorm. And we were walking down this hill, and I told the team, I said, get off the path. And the team got off the path without asking questions. And he said, you know what happened? That rainstorm brought a, a flood down that valley, down that path we were walking. And if anybody had you know, challenged me or wanted to debate what I wanted. He said, you know, we, they could have gotten hurt. And so the point is, when someone tells you what to do who's in authority over you, don't, don't challenge, don't debate, don't ask questions. Just do it. Just do it to the best of your ability as unto the Lord. So now it's come time for Election Day on Tuesday. And uh, we're all going to go to the polls. Maybe you've already done early voting. I, I think I wrote my Beacon article. I did early voting the first day, the second hour. I was the 12th person who voted in Tiff County. And I uh, feel real strongly about the citizenship responsibility of a Christian to vote. And if you haven't voted, do it. But at Tuesday night, some of us are going to be happy. Some of us are not going to be so happy. But the point is, whoever's elected, this passage of Scripture tells us to honor them because God has placed them in authority over us. And if you're sitting here wondering 
What are the exceptions? Um, I know how you think. What about England in 1776? Were they in authority over us? I even read one commentary that said the church in Germany, when Hitler was in control in the 1930s and 40s, what, what did they do? You know, there are always exceptions. But the general rule that Paul is talking about here is respect authority. The authority that's governing over you, God has placed there for a reason. And so, submit to that authority as unto the Lord. And if you're thinking about, well, maybe it doesn't apply here, maybe it doesn't apply there. Maybe you have a problem. Maybe you have an issue with authority. And you need to ask God to search your heart and tell you, what am I doing? And what are you trying to tell me? And what are you trying to teach me in this passage? And what do I need to change in my life and in my heart as a result? I don't know. If you can find a way around it, you know, I'd be glad to talk to you. But I kind of believe, I tend to believe what the Bible says. And I believe it's there for a reason. And I want to I live it. And I want to do it. And I want to practice it. And I hope you do too. Let's bow together. Father, as we come to this time of decision... Maybe there's some folks here that have some business to do with you. And it's not easy because respect is, is something that's difficult to come by these days. And we don't just give respect freely like generations before that trusted authority and that, that heeded what people said. There have been some folks that we haven't trusted in authority and so we become more suspicious and more skeptical. And... Um, it's just hard. Gosh, it's hard. But we know that, that you have placed people in government. you placed people in our office. you placed people at school. You've placed people in our homes. Anyone in authority over us is there for a reason. And even when we don't understand it and even when we don't see it, maybe you're just teaching us to trust you, to be patient because there's a lesson there that one day you're going to use. And we just can't see the final picture right now because our vision is limited. All we can see is the present. But you see the past, the present, and you see forever. And so you're cultivating a character in us that's going to be useful to you one day if we will submit to you working through the people who are working on us. God, you may be telling someone here today to, to profess their faith publicly. And that's going to be an act of humility. Because a lot of folks sitting around us think we're already Christians because we just try to live what's right and do what's good and treat other people the way we want to be treated. But that's not how we're saved. God, we believe that salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. And in his blood that was shed on the cross... And professing our faith in him and believing in him and trusting in him as Lord and Savior and confessing our sins is the first step in a relationship with you. So if there's anyone here who's not done that, let this be the appointed hour. If there's anyone here that has been worshiping but you have 
convicted them to join a church. This is the hour. If there's anyone here who needs to just come forward and pray and say, God, I'm having a difficult time with the authority that you've placed over me. Help me learn to obey. Whatever you desire, Lord, have your way among us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.